In this first podcast, we wanted to look at, uh, address a couple of uh, zoomed out issues, if you will, to help people p- sort of position themselves with regard to Ardenburg, a view of the forest, so to speak, before we get into the trees on, on a couple of different issues. So the first one was, as you said, we know uh, what your purpose was initially in starting Ardenburg. The second is this notion of archival, and uh, it's clear that uh, archival is used in really two mainly different ways, that term. One is uh, for uh, notions of of storage and um, archival storage and handling of materials, and the other is in um, the production of materials that artists use in creating their work. So in the second uh, category of, uh, of archival materials production, uh, this is where really Ardenberg weighs in uh, with uh, very, very important testing using the I-STAR metric of these materials. Their print uh, image uh, quality, initial quality, and image longevity. Uh, photographers and printmakers yeah. want guidance. Yeah. They want guidance on, if I pick this material, what does it mean in terms of the final piece? Right. And... Um, Look, so much of this has nothing to do with permanence. It has to do with the aesthetics. So we can we can bullet point some of the kinds of material choices that you can make. Um, I, you know, in my own personal printmaking, I, I go, th- I, I look first for what is the aesthetic that I'm trying to achieve because in many ways, inkjet in particular is the great pretender. It can mimic so many traditional processes. But it's important for people to understand that because it's mimicking those processes, it doesn't mean it is made the same way as those other processes. So if you have a digitally um, prepared substrate, it may look like an artist's canvas, and it has all the feel and aesthetic of an artist's canvas, but it isn't a traditional artist's canvas. It's got additional coatings that deviate or are different than what would be traditional rabbit skin glue and gesso that an artist would have brushed on linen three, four hundred years ago. And yet the, the, the product itself, the digital canvas, can, can have all that same aesthetic. Um, other categories would be artists who want to mimic the traditional wet processed um, fine art photograph. Think Ansel Adams, think Yosef uh, Karsh, and even today, think of a contemporary artists like John Sexton, who are doing a traditional silver gelatin print. It's being dry mounted, signed, and um, it's selenium toned. It's it's wet processed for archival, you know, properties. Um, you can go out and get an inkjet media that is loosely called traditional fiber photo. And it may, they may even use the term barita. It's a barita paper. And that, that's a whole other subject in itself. Is it, a, is it truly a traditional barita uh, coating? Or is it something that's got some barium sulfate in it? Therefore, the manufacturer can say it's a barita paper. And it, it is. But it, does that necessarily mean it's made exactly the same way? Um, it also, it's going to be coated for inkjet, so it's not going to have silver, it's not going to have gelatin coatings per se, it's going to have microporous silica, um, but the goal is to mimic a traditional fiber. Uh, another very, very popular, and I would say arguably the most popular inkjet media are, are resin-coated photo papers. Resin-coated, we abbreviate it RC for resin-coated. 
This is a paper that has a, a history dating back to the late 1960s, early 1970s. The industry was trying to move to one-hour photo finishing. In order to do that, they had to they had to really speed up the development and, and fixing and washing process. And and one of the longest um, uh, aspects of the process was just drying the paper after after it went through the wet baths. So the the engineering solution was to coat the paper with a thin polyethylene layer. You're extruding a polyethylene layer on the top surface and the bottom surface. And that becomes the substrate upon which the the image receptor layers or the image forming layers are are made. So it's a complex multi-layered structure, but if you just look at that base sheet and now you flash forward to the Really, the mid-1990s, when desktopping jet printers were beginning to finally nail the look, the continuous tone, the, the grain size of, of, a, of a continuous tone photograph. So arguably, the printers were reaching a point where they looked very photorealistic. Well, how would you, if you want to market to the traditional photography market, what, what would you use as the, as the substrate and the appearance of the substrate? You'd You'd pick a resin-coated substrate. You'd pick RC materials. You'd simply substitute out. You'd put a, an ink receptor layer, microporous coatings on top, but you would finish them in a way that they had the same glossiness or, or the pearl or satin finish. Um, but you would end up with an RC photo paper that was really an RC inkjet paper and not a traditional wet process paper. But if I were to mix them up and show them to the average person on the street and say, here's a four by six photo, and I don't tell you that it's an inkjet print, and then I hand you a wet process print, the average person would look at it and say, well, they both look like photographs. In fact, they both look like the same photograph to me. So that was the goal, was to create an aesthetic that looked like, and I say traditional photo, but it would be traditional photo from the one-hour photo finishing market. Um, as opposed to traditional photos from the old, the you know, the early days of photography, where it was going to be a paper base and not a, a polyethylene coated base. So we've got that media. We've got um, we've got uh, fine art matte papers. And what are fine art matte? What are digital fine art matte papers? They are ones that are trying to mimic the look of traditional artists' watercolor papers. So if uh, my brother is a really quite a wonderful artist, and he, and, he, and he does both acrylic painting, but he also does watercolor. And w he would use um, something like a Strathmore or Arches Cold Press. These are a sized paper, but they're not really a coated paper. So they are prepared so that they will take the artist's paint um, and create the aesthetics of, say, a watercolor paper. So how do you mimic that with an inkjet? Well, you take that same basic concept of a fine art uh, paper, 100% cotton, uh, fairly thick. Um, it has been sized oftentimes very similarly to a standard artist watercolor paper, but on top of that, there's a thin digital coating that's, that's, that's prepared to um, receive the inks and to suck them in quickly and to be and to appear dry very quickly. So, so again, it's a digital paper. It's a digital fine art paper that that the category now you're looking for aesthetically is I want to create 
the look of a watercolor paper. So, um, and it goes on. There are specialty media, ones that are like polyester films, vinyl, uh, Tyvek, where, again, they are coated papers uh, in order to take the aqueous um, inkjet inks, but they, um, but again, they're mimic another look. Um, there's a, there's one, for example, if you put it on polyester, it has a polyester base. It looks very much like the traditional ilfochrome, and some old timers will remember it as sebachrome printing. But if you if you know what a, a an early sebachrome print looks like, you can even mimic that. So, I, I, I guess this is a maybe a little bit of a long winded discussion to say. There's a lot of media out there, and and the, and the reason they exist is because they are basically creating the aesthetics of everything from traditional oil paintings all the way up to modern resin-coated photo uh, papers. Um, and I think that's where you start as a printmaker. You say, what what is the look I want to achieve first? Then there are other aspects. There's texture and thickness. Um, do you want uh, a thick paper in hand? Do you want cotton paper? It's, it tends to be, um, it tends to have a different feel in hand than an alpha cellulose paper. So you can start to think about texture and thickness. Um, texture can come in from heavy calendaring as the, as the product is being made, where you can get a, a, quite a rough surface out of it before they even put the inkjet coatings on. Um, finally, we're down to surface gloss. Do you want glossy? Do you want matte? Do you want? There are many um, terms that get used, like pearl and satin and eggshell and luster. Uh, so these are surface properties. The best way to go about that is to just get sample books. Just ask for samples or buy a small package, and then look at them and see what what is the what is the objective, what is the aesthetic that you're trying to achieve, and. Is the image you have in mind sympathetic with that surface? I, I have some images that I, I think would look great going out and mimicking traditional canvas, um, a traditional painting. I have others that I think just have to be very, very um, kind of rigidly photographic in their look. So I'm going to put them out on a traditional fiber-based paper um, and so on and so forth. Um, and obviously, in all this discussion, you know the the artist and the, and, pr and printmakers and and everyone involved it looks at the costs. You know, it, some media are more expensive than others, but the one thing you can't do, and that's where Ardenberg comes in, is that you can't look at the finished product. You can't say, well, I bought this, I bought this media, and I printed with this printer. And I might have even finished it with a with a post treatment coating of another maybe another varnish or something. And I've added this all up, and I'm, there's the finished piece. What you can't do is you can't look at that piece and say, "Oh, now here's how it's going to age." Um, you, this is where we need to do print permanence testing, and this is where we need to actually put those materials, that combination materials, through a battery of tests so that we can understand how they will do over time and how they how they will age. And um, that's the that's really what Ardenberg is trying to do, is we're trying to give you the last piece of the puzzle, which when you get through all the decisions that are your own, and I, I can help you, I can tell you papers I like, why I like them, but those are very personal choices. But at the end of the day, I think that if you can find a find media that you like, that they meet your aesthetic um, requirements, but they also happen to be longer lasting, more durable. Um, it's a win-win, and and that's where I think that's what 
Ardenberg is trying to do is, is to try to give some guidance on how these materials behave. Because, again, there's, there's archival, there's more archival, there's less archival. Um, and that's where the testing comes in. That's, what, that's the part we're trying to help with.